hopefully this works. Oh, I can hear it. All right. So we are going to start a study in this book, Alone with God, tonight. And I've got a little questionnaire I'm going to hand out to get us started. Uh, sure. I do have, yeah, yeah, so uh, just want to get us started in our mindset in regards to prayer. So I'll end up passing these out, but just to make sure we know how many of these we need. Flint's signed up for one of the books. Um, Rob signed up for one of the books. Uh, I think you said you have audio or digital. Okay. And then Clara, you need a book as well, correct? Oh, did I give you one already? Okay. All right. And Norma, you have one, yes? Louise, you have one? Okay. Have you guys read this at all? Okay. All right. So everybody that's here at least has a version of this. And let me say this too. If you have a library card, you can get a digital version and an audio version for free on the library app called Hoopla. So uh, if you don't know what I mean and are interested, talk to me afterwards and I'll explain. But it's um, H-O-O-P-L-A. My favorite way to study um, over the last couple of years is to have the audio book and then have the physical book and then listen to the audio book and follow along in the physical book so I can still underline but not get distracted because I, if I'm just reading by myself my mind just goes all over the place. Yes, don't do it while you're driving. Thank you, Paul, for that public service announcement. Um, so <clears throat> We went through this with the teen class a while back. We just finished about five weeks ago or so and led to some great conversations. And the goal for us going through this is for our thoughts about prayer to be challenged. All of us have thoughts about what prayer is, um, how it should look, and not to say all of those are wrong, but at the same time, we can't assume everything that we're doing is right. And I would say, on average, most people don't pray as much as they should, and so maybe we can get to the root of why that might be for each person individually. And 
as we go through and, and understand more about prayer, I saw the students in the class, their prayer lives changed. Um, I remember, you know, Braden, the first time I asked him to pray in the class, he was so nervous. And he's like, God, thank you for this day, man. And so I challenged him after a couple weeks, and I said, think about some of the things that we've talked about and that we've learned about prayer, and just talk to God. Don't worry about us. And it was a, a much more thorough prayer. And in some cases, we just need practice, right? In other cases, we need information. So hopefully this will be a little bit of both. So let's first go through this list and these are just some questions that I think sometimes we have, and maybe we know the answer, maybe we don't. And it's not to say that there are, there's only one answer for each one of these, but let's consider these. So first, what is the purpose of prayer? Anybody give an answer? Paul? Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. Thank you. All right, Devin has a surprise. Thank you so much. All right. So everybody gets a bookmarker. We, uh, we use this in our class and use this to keep your spot. You guys can have one too. And... It's a reminder to pray before you read. Yes, sir? Do we have to return them? No, they're yours. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into, I, I'll say this, the, the best practice that I've found, not just, I didn't come up with this, but just reading books, listening to others talk about studying of God's word or prayer in any way, shape, or form, general idea or the, the general best practice is pray before you read and then a lot pray while you read and pray after you read. But this should hopefully be at least a prompt to get you started. All right, so just so you know, I'm not going to answer, give my thoughts on any of these questions. I just want to hear a couple things that people have to say, because what, in, I, I would recommend, fill this out, put something, because I am certain by the time we're done with this, some of your answers are going to change. All right, so number two, why should we pray? What are some reasons why we should pray? Dan? It's an opportunity to express dependence on God. Okay, dependence for certain. Okay, yeah, it's an acknowledgement. That's a good reason, too. <laughs> Always good to do what he says. Yep. All right, who specifically should we pray to? Not a trick question. 
yeah, I, I really think it's, it's God, period, right? Uh, if we say, dear Lord Jesus, God's not saying, hey, you're supposed to talk to me, right? So now, we only see Jesus when he prays addressing the Father. I think we can you know, understand why. Uh, and I don't recall any instances where people pray directly to the Spirit Though, understanding what we do understand and believe about God, He is a triune God. So, we pray to the triune God. And whether we start our prayer with Father or Lord or Jesus or even Holy Spirit. Well, in Romans 8, it talks about the Spirit interprets for us, so we could mention that in our prayer. Yeah, and I just did what I said I wasn't going to do. I, was, I said I wasn't going to give any answers, but <laughs> I just can't stop myself sometimes. All right. Zip the lip, Bob. All right, number four. Do the words of our prayers make a difference? Okay, yes. No? <laughs> sort of. Do we have a maybe out there? Okay, so again, <laughs> ponder these things. Number five, does our posture, our location, or our clothing matter when praying? All right, sometimes, no. Okay. In, so I'm just going to, I'm not going to say an answer, but what about when we're driving? Just saying, we can't get on our knees when we're driving, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm only, yeah. Uh, any other comments on uh, location, posture, or clothing? Okay, again, something to consider. Number six, can anyone pray? Possibly a trick question, <laughs> but I, I think that what some of you have instinctively answered is, does God hear all prayers, right? Something to consider. Number seven, does the frequency of our prayer make a difference? Okay, maybe, yes for us, any no's? <laughs> All right, pastor says no. I think he's just trying to be rebellious, but. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference from the perspective of, like, God, it's not like there's a scale, and we prayed 50 times, so God definitely has to say yes, but we prayed twice, and God's like, eh. 
Yes. But the more you pray, the more your focus on God is there, right? Really. But, but, but for us, yeah. Yeah, so again, chew on these things. Don't, don't rest with your first answer. Think about the possibilities. Think about, you know, okay, so let's use that as an example, the frequency of prayer. And I'm not going to go deep into this, but like Pastor said, praying a certain number of times does not guarantee a specific answer. However, praying fewer times does not make one more holy either. So we have to, we have to really question how that fits in. Number eight, similar but different, does the length of our prayers matter? No. Okay. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Okay. I'm sorry? Okay, so again, think about where it, it might be yes, it might be no, it might be maybe. All right, number nine. This is not the, the only important question, but I think one of the most important questions. Does our do our prayers change anything? Okay. Okay, yes, because when it's, you say when it's according to God's will? Okay, and you said no because God's will is already established. Norma, what would you say? Okay. Good things to consider. All right, number 10. What does our prayer life reflect about our relationship with God? And maybe the question is, does our prayer life indicate our relationship with God? All right, so chew on these things. Maybe give an answer, and what we'll do is we'll revisit them when we finish the book. Just to give you a little bit of an outline. So there are 11 chapters. The first one is a heart set on God. The second one is seeking the Lord in secret. These two kind of set the stage for helping us to really grasp what the Bible says about prayer in and of itself. And then uh, chapter 3 through 9 is a specific look at what many people call the Lord's Prayer, what John MacArthur has coined as the Apostles' Prayer, which I, I think that makes a little bit more sense. I think John 17 is probably more of the Lord's Prayer. Um, but, you know, not going to fight anybody on that. Um, so it, go, it takes a deeper look at each phrase, breaks it down, and 
helps us to examine why he said these certain things. And then the last two chapters, chapter 10 and 11, are praying for the right things and then praying for the lost. I would encourage anybody that has the book, in the back there is um, a study guide. And I had asked a couple weeks ago how people wanted to go through the book. And the two options were, one, how we have typically gone through books where there are questions that we discuss, specific questions that are pre-written that we discuss each week. That's one way. The second way is a way that, um, again, not saying one way is better or right or wrong, uh, but one way that I found helpful in the teen class, and that was... As you're reading, so here's the recommendation each week. Pray. Read the chapter. While you're reading the chapter, if something strikes you, if something convicts you, if something inspires you, underline it. And then when we come back together, we will survey the, the, book, the chapter, and I will ask people to share what they underlined. And that has led to some great questions and answers, some great discussion. Um, uh, it, it's been extremely helpful. And that was what the majority of people had voted for. So what we'll do is we'll start with that. If after a week or two weeks or three weeks enough people come to me and complain that they don't like doing it that way, then we can go back to how we have typically done it in the past and we can put together some questions. Uh, But I I would recommend as you're reading through this, especially since, so next week we won't have a service, so we'll have two weeks between meeting I highly recommend read the chapter, underline things, and then read the questions for that chapter in the back. Yeah. So the, well, and <laughs> that's the goal. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to rush through reviewing it. So if by chance we don't get through the chapter in our discussion time, we'll extend it. And in that case, especially for these first two chapters, there is so much. It is so rich in challenging what we believe about prayer versus what Scripture says versus what other godly saints have said throughout time. And you will be challenged. Absolutely. You will be challenged to consider how you pray, how often you pray, what you say, those different types of things. So the goal is to go through a chapter each time we meet, but I, I don't want to rush it. All right, so actually before we get into the introduction, are there any questions that either you have 
in particular about prayer or that you're maybe hoping to get some clarification on by this, through this study? Sandra? And I'll just say as a food for thought, just like, well, let me start here. We are told to pray without ceasing. And we'll actually go into that, what that actually means. Considering that, we're doing different things at different times. So, I think by just understanding how life is, we could logically come to the conclusion if we are to pray continually, it can't always look the same. So consider that. Because it can't always look the same, I don't believe it was intended to always look the same. And I agree, we should definitely be praying in our closet as opposed to praying out in front of everybody, right? If we, if we only pray while we're in a restaurant, out in the open, but we don't pray when we're at home before we eat, what are we, what are we doing there, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and we don't know, it doesn't give us verbatim how they were doing it, but we have many instances where the early church was praying together. We don't know if they were all praying quietly. We don't know if they were praying out loud. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. And, it, and I think in some of these areas, the conclusion 
that we will most likely come to is that it's not always going to look the same, right? So we have to really chew on it and pray about it. And it's possible that we'll come to varying uh, conclusions. I will just say this. Because, because we know we are supposed to pray, and we know that it's not always going to look the same, I think we have to be open to understanding the different ways that it might look with the, the same goal, right? Our, my prayers, if I'm in my closet, are going to look a little bit different than I'm praying if I'm praying with a group. If I'm praying with my family, they might look a little bit similar, but not exactly the same. If I'm praying with an unbeliever for the first time, it's going to look different. If I'm praying with you know, people at church, it might look a little bit different. So I think we can understand that. I would just say nothing should keep us from prayer. So we need to factor that in as well. All right, any other questions or clarifications? Clarifications, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tonight. <laughs> Won't be back for a couple of weeks. Sandra? Complex? Complex. About, About not praying? Clara, do you mind if I repeat what I said to you? Okay, so I think all of us at a certain point in our lives have been fearful or anxious about praying around other people. And while I would agree, again, that that doesn't mean we shouldn't pray just because of that fear or anxiety, it does mean it might look different. So... My, if you want to say something too, feel free. My thought would be this. Be here. Don't neglect prayer. But if you're more comfortable praying quiet, do so. But don't neglect the opportunity to pray with others. And so we, at home... 
typically what we'll do is one of us will start and we actually have been doing this for a while. We'll, we'll all pray quietly first. And I've tried to teach my family, get right with God before we start to petition him. So I said, thank him for who he is. Ask him to forgive you for who you are, in essence, what you've done. Confess your sin. And ask for his help to become more like him. Do those three things before you start asking for anything else. And so what we will typically do is we'll all pray quietly and then, you know, everybody will say, done, done, done. You know, and then everybody's done. Then we'll take turns praying out loud. So again, there's no, there's no guidebook as to how it needs to be in Scripture. So we make allowances to... Uh, are based on what our circumstances are, but the, I think the main point is don't avoid praying. It just might look differently. And in the end, I think by God's grace, that fear will dissipate. Um, so, anyways, any thoughts? Why didn't you tell me that like 20 years ago? <laughs> so along the same lines, I would just say if we have, if there's something that someone in the church is doing that we're like, we think we should be doing something different, I think starting with the one-on-one conversation is a better place to start than in But those would kind of be the two thoughts that come to mind. Yeah, and I don't know, Paul, if you remember, and I can't remember who the other person was, but I know one time... Uh, it was a Wednesday night, and we broke off into groups to pray. And I think it was Paul, myself, and somebody else. And I was like, guys, I just, I really need to pray by myself. I've got something really heavy on my heart. And, you know, they didn't laugh at me. They didn't make fun of me. They didn't 
you know, ridicule me. Well, Paul maybe did after. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's understandable, right? There are, there are times where we make adjustments. And I think, if anywhere, this should be the place where there is not ridicule, where there is not, you know, laughing at, where there is not um, harsh criticism over how somebody prays, or if they decide to just listen, you know. So hopefully we can be, be gracious and pray for that person that they would be comfortable. Because I will say this, looking at number 10, and we get into it a little bit in, this, in, the, in the book. In my experience, one of the greatest ways to know somebody's heart is to hear them pray. One of the sweetest things we can uh, witness is somebody openly and honestly pouring out their heart to God. Whether it's a new believer, I love the simple, open, honest prayers of new believers, um, or it's the wisdom and the experience of the, of the mature believer, just hearing um, those, the humility, hearing the, the openness is, to me, uh, an amazing blessing. So, I think it is something that is beneficial. And one of the hard things, again, we'll, we'll get to this, is praying in such a way that you recognize somebody is listening apart from God, but not praying for those who are listening. And that's something that's, you know, we, we can refine, we can grow in. That's not something that we're born with. All right, so one question. What are your thoughts on how long to go? Because I could talk for hours about this stuff, and I know we don't have the time for that. <laughs> What'd you say? I said probably not hours. Yeah, probably not hours. So if we go till 8 and then pray, okay. All right, so let's do this. There's a, a fairly brief introduction. But there's so much even in the introduction. So if you have a book, um, I am not going to read because I stumble way too much. So any volunteers? Pastor, okay. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what, Paul? I don't know if I said this to you. You do a great job doing scripture reading. Yeah. So, so how about this? We'll have you two split it up. Because you, you two both do really well. I haven't heard everybody else, so... Um, and you don't have a book, so I can't pick on you. Uh, so, Pastor, can you read 
um, up until, yeah, both, both of the Martin Lloyd-Jones, or the J. Oswald Sanders and then the Martin Lloyd-Jones quotes. So read up until the middle of page nine, okay. the end of that quote. If Mike wants to read, I have to <laughs> Did you want to read, Mike? Read? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones once wrote, prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. Commentator J. Oswald Sanders had this lofty view of prayer. No spiritual exercise is such a blending of complexity and simplicity. It is the simplest form of speech that infant lips can try, yet the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high. It is as appropriate to the aged philosopher as to the little child. It's the ejaculation of a moment and the attitude of a lifetime. It is the expression of the rest of faith and of the fight of faith. It is an agony and an ecstasy. It is submissive and yet importunate. In the one moment, it lays hold of God and binds the devil. It can be focused on a single objective, and it can roam the world. It can be abject confession and rapt adoration. It invests puny man with a sort of omnipotence. The essence of prayer is simply talking to God as you would to a beloved friend, without pretense or flippancy. Yet it is in that very attitude toward prayer so many believers have trouble. That is because communion with God is so vital and prayer so effective in the fulfillment of God's plan, the enemy attempts constantly to introduce errors into our understanding of and commitment to prayer. Every generation faces the necessity to reprioritize and purify a corrupted or confused perception of prayer. For many, prayer has been replaced with pragmatic action. Function overrides fellowship with God, busyness crowds out communication. For others, prayer lacks a sense of awe and respect. Their efforts are flippant, disrespectful, and irreverent. Then there are those who believe prayer is designed to make demands and claims on God. They attempt to force him to do what they believe he should do for them. Finally, for some, prayer is nothing more than a routine ritual. You may view prayer with the utmost respect, yet you find your own practice lacks purpose and vitality, so you don't spend time with God like you know you should. While there are many reasons Christians struggle to pray, I believe there is one overriding factor. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote, it is the highest activity of the human soul, and therefore it is at the same time the ultimate test of a man's true spiritual condition. There is nothing that tells the truth about us as Christian people so much as our prayer life. Ultimately, therefore, a man discovers the real condition of his spiritual life when he examines himself in private, when he is alone with God. And have we not all known what it is to find that somehow we have less to say to God when we are alone than we are in the presence of others? It should not be so, but it often is. So that it is when we have left the realm of activities and outward dealings with other people and are alone with God that we really know where we stand in a spiritual sense. So let's pause there for a second. Man, there is so much just in that for us. I mean, it touched on at least half of the questions that we asked on the sheet and obviously not in depth, but it challenged, I think, some of the things that people assume when it comes to prayer. So I would recommend also, when you read this coming week, read this again. 
underlying things that jump out at you, underlying things maybe that you hadn't considered for your own purposes, because we won't review this, but pray about those things. There's so much there just in that little bit of this introduction that I believe we should really chew on. All right, Paul, if you can start with Alone with God. Alone with God. Such an opportunity should be the Christian's one great desire. How sad that so many believers spend brief amounts of time with him or don't go to him at all because they have so little to say. Many years ago, I preached through Matthew's Gospel at Grace Community Church, specifically chapter 6 and a portion most commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. It is so revolution, it so revolutionized people's praying that I took the opportunity to write a book on the subject titled Jesus Pattern of Prayer, which dealt exclusively with the pattern Jesus set for prayer in Matthew 6, which is so foundational to all our understanding of prayer. This new edition, called Alone with God, has allowed me the opportunity to publish it again with David Cook. But this book is more than a simple revision of the chapters from the original. I have also added several chapters made up of various passages from the New Testament that should broaden and enhance your understanding of prayer. While Jesus' pattern for prayer occupies the central portion of the book, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit inspired New Testament writers built on that foundation. The first part will examine the attitude all believers should have regarding their communications with God. All Christians ought to necessarily have their hearts focused on God, so communion with Him is an everyday, natural function of their lives. The first chapter will define and examine this vital need for us to be praying without ceasing. At the same time, we all need to guard against praying with the wrong attitude. That was what plagued the Pharisees, who viewed prayer as a means to show off their spirituality rather than as a humble opportunity to glorify God. To correct the disciples' tainted perspective of prayer, gleaned from the tainted prayerful religious leaders, Jesus offered a pattern that gave a comprehensive view of all the essential elements of righteous prayer, every one of which centers on God. This central portion of the book will cover each phrase of our Lord's pattern of prayer, from beginning to end. We'll discover that Jesus focused our attention on God, on His adoration, worthiness, and glory. To help you apply what you have learned, the final two chapters of the book will examine the specific things all believers should pray for. What you read may surprise you, for just as a father must correct his child's priorities in life, God must do the same with regard to our practice of prayer. It is my prayer for you that when you have completed your journey through this book, you'll rediscover the power and passion that time spent alone with God can bring. I also hope you'll understand that prayer is not an attempt to get God to agree with you or provide for your selfish desires, but that it is both an affirmation of His sovereignty righteousness and majesty and an exercise to conform your desires and purposes to his will and glory. 
All right, I, we got a couple more minutes before we pray, uh, but I wanted to go back to this at the very beginning. Have you ever considered prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul and that man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God? I don't know about you, but I can say absolutely I have not always had that of an exalted view of what prayer is. I know when I first got saved, Lord, I've already asked you to forgive me for this, and I know you have. I treated God like a genie. I asked for things, and when I first got saved, almost everything I prayed for came about. And I was like, wow, this is great. You know, at some point that stopped. But, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> but I just, I was thinking, I had the complete wrong view of prayer. I thought prayer was the way that we get what we want. And it is... I'll say, prayer is the way that God gives us what he wants. So, consider the introduction, read chapter 1, and then in two weeks, we'll begin to review that. And again, pray before you read. I urge you, ask him to help you to see areas that uh, he wants you to grow in understanding in. And... (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work on a tablet. Uh, But look for those opportunities. Look for those things where the Holy Spirit is prompting you. And I have... I think I could say, any time that I have approached Scripture or a book that helps me to understand Scripture and prayed, asking that God would help me to see an area that he wants me to examine or to grow in. He always does. There's always something. And so part of it is preparing our hearts. And so I urge you to do that. I recommend a pencil as opposed to a pen, but that's your choice. I've, I've uh, marked up many books in my life. Yeah, you, Paul, you can use your finger. <laughs> uh, but take time, read it, chew on it, pray about it, and then when we come back in two weeks, let's discuss it. Let's, let's be um, open to learning what God wants to teach us about prayer and, and spending time with him. All right. Do you want me to... Do the requests, or do you want to? Are, are you getting bored? <laughs> <laughs>